right, Nez, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. Why don't you maybe uh, tell a little bit about like maybe who you are and what was your earliest memory with art? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It really is an honor to be here. Uh, My earliest memories, well, of course, probably same as everybody else's, playing with crayons and trying to make some really cool lines and fill them in. Um, I am sort of the perfectionist, learning how to not be the perfectionist, but uh, I used to make those really hard lines on the outside, which uh, led me to graffiti. Actually, I, um, I was really, really inspired by Keith Haring mm. um, in the 80s with his Crack is Whack mural. Um, I used to drive by it a lot with my mom um, in a Volkswagen van. She used to own a wholesale distributing business, and we used to drive around New York City a lot because she used to go to bodegas. To local bodegas and you know distribute groceries so I used to just stare at it and like try to figure out how he did these you know the graffiti and uh, then as a teenager I started doing graffiti with my brother sister and this little uh, gang kind of like I'm not gang, but a group of, of kids. And then I got into doing uh, house party flyers. I started advertising house parties and people would get me to draw their flyers. Cause we didn't have, you know, we didn't have social media to advertise things. So I would draw the flyers and um, people liked the way I drew. And then I ended up uh, getting a scholarship to NYU for graphic design. So that's a little bit of history of my art background, but I ended up joining the military and not taking that scholarship. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, stuffed all the art and kind of like, kind of like forgot about the artist side of me. I hope that answers your question about, you know. Yeah, no, that's great. The that's history. a key observation too about the flyers because, um, I had another guest uh, show me, Pat Wari. He uh, kind of told a story about like creating flyers and now he's kind of in film and other art. So that's really interesting how, um, you know, that's like a common thread. Um, maybe talk about like uh, what, what prompted you to, you know, maybe start really creating your art like in a, you know, sort of public setting and just like, how did you start to know like, this is something I'm gonna do. I'm interested in putting it in the world. I'm making this like, how did you kind of make your first piece, maybe? So my first piece is actually called Amygdala. And um, when I actually made it, I, I was actually told by my therapist to watch Bob Ross videos and to listen to Bob Ross. I was in severe depression. I, was, uh, I suffer from PTSD and everything that falls under that umbrella. And I had uh, just it was uh, shortly after I had been diagnosed with cancer. I was bedridden for about two years, and I was ready to give up because I was like, great, Bob Ross. You know, I grew up watching Bob Ross. Like, you know, most people in my generation, we had Bob Ross, we had Electric Company, we had Sesame Street, and, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, and that was about it. And so I was familiar with, with Bob Ross, but it wasn't 
to the to the depth that I got to know Bob Ross as an adult. So, but I didn't have much to much else to lean on, you know. So I gave it a shot, and I was like, eh, I have nothing else to lose. And uh, when I did, I, I am really happy that I that I did listen to Bob Ross because um, Bob Ross is actually full of affirmations. It wasn't just the visual of watching him start out with lines and, and, a, and a paintbrush and finishing out with a beautiful landscape. It was much more the message that he put out that I was able to, to connect with. The message that he gave me was this message of power, this message that I had it in me to, to do whatever it was that I wanted to do, that I was a powerful person, that I, that I could be that artist. You know, that, that I was an artist and I, I took that power back even though I couldn't walk, even though I couldn't lift my arms up, even though I had no mobile de dexterity, even though I still have no mobile dexterity, even though I still drop everything, I, things fall out of my hands, but I, I say I can do this. You know, I say I am doing this, I am going to do this and it's with that same love, with that same, you know, fervor that I, I want to, you know, continue that message that Bob Ross gave to me and give that message to other people, you know? And after Bob Ross gave me that message, I was just so excited and I was like, I need this paint. I was determined not only to paint, but, you know, to, to keep getting that message across. So my husband went and bought me out, bought me $200 worth of paint and I put it all in a cup. Um, uh, but before before the cup, though, I, I, I knew that I wasn't going to paint like Bob Ross. So I had to figure out a way to uh, uh, some sort of uh, what, how, I, how I was going to paint. So some artists had told me about um, Pollock, Jackson Pollock, that he, um, he would dribble paint on a, on a canvas. And that led me to look up pouring paint. That's, so it was Jackson Pollock that led me to look up pouring paint. When I looked up pouring paint, I found fluid art, which is the technique that I use. Um, so that's, what, when, that's when I sent my husband to buy the $200 worth of paint and supplies, and then I painted amygdala. And um, when I painted amygdala, I just, it wasn't like my life completely changed, but I just felt this, this space. Um, kind of like when anybody does any other activities that they enjoy, probably like yoga, running, cycling, where they get into this flow. I felt that flow, you know, so, and I wanted to share that flow. That's great. And, um, you know, I, I thought about a couple things there. Maybe, you know, talk about like your progression even to doing workshops, because I think, uh, you know, kind of hosting a workshop or like creating art by itself is like one thing, but then like, in racing and bringing others into that it's like another thing so maybe maybe talk about how that came about so and and that so when I the minute I created amygdala I I felt this powerful urge to share it was um it was it was a very powerful feeling because I was like I had I had like I had said I was I was bedridden I was very very depressed and I had also I always thought about others, 
you know, other people that were worse than me. So I, I never really allowed myself to like really think about, you know, I always thought it could be worse. You know, it, you know, I'm not that bad. I have my arms and I have my legs. You know, I, I came back, I came back from Iraq with my arms and my legs, so it's not that bad, right? And but there are people that don't have their arms and their legs, and you know, like, what? How are they feeling? So I want to share this message not just with them, with their wives, you know, with their husbands. With you know, I want to share this with people that have depression, with with people that ever. I thought about every every phase of my life. I'm a mother, you know. I'm a wife. I'm a, a you know a, a warrior. I and and I thought about other people that live those phases of my life, and I thought this can help them as well. So. I wanted to spread that message with those people, and but I thought about how. Well, the thing in life is that I don't have to answer those questions. I just have to ask them, and I am a true believer that once I ask those questions, either whether you believe it's God or whether you believe it's the universe, I believe in both. I'm I call myself spiritualist. And, you know, all I do is I ask those big questions and I know that they're going to be answered because of the, with the willpower that I ask them, you know. So I just said, I want to do this. And it's crazy, but a week later I saw on Instagram, um, HIP757 put out, they're looking for workshops, you know. And I said, this is it. You know, this is my sign. <laughs> this is how I'm going to get this get this together. I had no idea how to put a workshop together. I had no idea how I was going to teach this, but I said, you know, good God, if this is not, you know, my answer to the question that I asked, I don't know what is. So I sent the lady a message. I sent Anna a message. And for a few weeks, we were going back and forth and things didn't work out. But, you know, eventually we did meet up for coffee and I still didn't even know how I was going to do it. But we ended up working it out, and she helped me figure out how much I was going to charge. She helped me figure out how I was going to put it together. Um, like I explained to you, I have zero business background. Um, I don't know how much to charge for things. I could figure out, you know, it took a lot of engineering on my end um, how to elevate the canvas. How are people going to take these things home? How is it not going to tilt? You know, till this day, there are artists that still can't figure that out, you know, but we were able to figure it out and we got it together and it's been a hit, but it, to see somebody else make the art is what brings me joy, mm -hmm. you know, to see somebody else see that they can make something that's beautiful when they don't consider themselves artists is is magic that's pure magic especially people that you know that never considered themselves artists the the alpha of the alphas those are the best ones mm -hmm. because when they create they tap into a source that's just it's 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 a pure source inside them 
You know, it's something that, because all of us as children, we were all artists once. All of us. That's true. All of us colored. All of us loved crayons. You know, we all love to do that. But we all kind of like just put the artist to the side. But we are all creatives in one form or the other. You know, so when I see people do art and say, wow, I made this. How did I make this? You know, I love that emotion. I love to see that spark in people. That fills my cup. Love that. And you mentioned a lot of good things in that. And I'm... I'm thinking about Instagram because I, I know that maybe you can talk a little bit about art and maybe technology and just maybe like a platform like Instagram because, you know, I know that you built a, you know, quite a following online and sort of in the real world. So maybe you can... I would tell you exactly how I built my Instagram. Yeah, how did you do it? What, I will tell you exactly what, what I did. I mimicked the behaviors that I did on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I like that. I noticed what I did on Instagram, and I mimicked that, okay? Because if you notice what you do on Instagram, what makes you click on things? You know, when you find yourself clicking on something, and all of a sudden you're out of Instagram and you're on Safari, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. How did you get there? So what I would do is I would, wait, wait a minute, I would work my way back and I would say, what message did this page have on here that made me go there? I like that a lot. And I would duplicate it. Smart. You know? I would see what images they had, what colors they had, you know? Everything is out there. Everything, Instagram gives you the tools. The Instagram page tells you exactly what rules to follow, you know? They tell you exactly what to do. They tell you how many hashtags. They tell you specifically the rules are spelled out there in black and white. You know? The other thing is, what makes you, when you go to your, your, the, like, your, what is that? The, where it says how many, who's liked your page? Yes. That's so important right there. Mm-hmm. Because everybody goes there. Yes. That's the main place you go, Right. So, if you pay attention to what behaviors you do from that page and use that, what makes you go from there somewhere else and use that and start doing that? You know, it's usually when somebody likes your stuff five times, you go to their page, right? Sounds about right. (laughs) So... Go to somebody that you want to follow you and like five of their pictures. And do that maybe once a day. Another, another tip would be the minute, I get, the minute I open Instagram, I like the top eight pictures. Why do I like the top eight pictures? Because I might be the, I'm usually the first one to like their pictures. You know? And that might get me noticed. It might, it might not. I can't tell you which strategy has worked for me, but obviously one of these has. You know, I, could, I can tell you that among my peers, and from peers I mean other businesses, that when I started a year to a year and a half ago, we were at the same, like, you know, under a thousand followers, 
and I'm at 23 and they're still under 10, these are the things I'm putting into practice. You know, and these are the same people that are saying followers don't matter. And the only people that say followers don't matter are people that don't have followers. <laughs> Sounds about right. You know, because followers do turn into clients. You know, followers do turn into clients. M you know, maybe not all followers like your pictures. Maybe not all followers comment. But my followers do DM me. Another place is stories. Stories are so important. Stories are like the most important. Why? Because you get new people to see your stories all the time. Peep your stories. Peep who's watching. That's where you go in and like their five. Like more than five of their pictures. Because that's new customers. Yes. And they already saw you. You know that they've seen you. You know that they're exposed to you. You know what I mean? Love it. Love the tactics here. This is great. Yes. And that's exactly what it is. It's tactical. Yeah. This is tactics. It's tactical. You want to do it. And you want to do it with intention. And you want to do it with a good heart. You know, you don't want to be sneaky about it because that energy is real. The energy is real. Okay? So you want to do it with a good heart when you get on there. And you want to do it intentional. You know? I get on Instagram intentionally. The other thing is, there's so many things out there to plan posts. You guys get Nez Fresh every day. Every post I do is, I'm writing it. Yep. I don't plan anything. It's, it's, it's authentic. That's how I'm feeling. You know, I don't, I, yeah, and I'm busy. <laughs> we all, I know we all busy. But you're getting me on that day at that time, period. That's a, that's a key point because, you know, I think planning can cause issues because what if the world changes while you've already mm. planned something, Boom. you know, and you're thinking, I want to talk about this today, but like exactly. that might not be the day to talk about exactly. that thing because the world has changed on that day. And, yes. You know, it's constantly it's something that you know we certainly think about it with our company and we're similar i mean we don't schedule anything we're mm -hmm. posting um so i'd rather no, miss a day and be authentic that's i mean that's another good point what about your accomplishments and you know kind of like some of the different galleries or places where your work's been featured what are you kind of most proud of and maybe kind of talk the listeners through like you know, maybe some places that your art has um, mm -hmm. appeared. So, my art has actually been up at, uh, at the MoCA and one of their satellite galleries. And I'm so, so proud of that because it is fluid art. And for since I had started painting, I've been told that fluid art is not real art. Mm. Um, because it's considered non-archival. Like, it can't stand the test of time. So the minute I was told that, I said, I'm on a mission to get it up in the museum. Not any museum. I want to get it up in the Museum of Contemporary Art, you know? <laughs> so I had, I had wrote, written that up on my board, in the, and it's still up there. I, I don't even want to erase it, you know? Yeah. I wrote it up there. I told Renee. I was like, Renee, download the form. Download the application form. 
And I didn't even have to put the application in. I got a phone call a week later after I wrote it up. And I, this is just, it goes to tell you that you have to write your goals down. You have to, have to, have to write your goals down. Um, because it's, it's essential to get in things done, I believe. I, I believe that if you don't write your goals down, just, just don't even consider them a goal. Don't even consider that a dream or, or a goal. If it's just ruminating in your head, somebody else is going to grab it, period. You're going to see somebody else with your goal, and then you're going to be boo-boo mad crying. You know? <laughs> but it was in the mocha, it was, um, and it came out in the paper. It was, it was just amazing. Uh, it was an amazing feeling. The other one was uh, I was able to give, give uh, a serving tray to the president. This, and this was all within the same year. This was all last year, which was just incredible. Um, and I, I don't want to stop there either. I just, I want my art in every museum. I want to tour the museums. <laughs> I want fluid art everywhere. I want it just, I want everybody to know that fluid art is here to stay. You know, I'm not the first fluid artist, um, you know, and I won't be the last. That's awesome. So what are you most excited about kind of going into this year? I mean, we got a new year turning over. What type of like, maybe any plans, any opportunities that you're taking on? How are you thinking about the new year? Absolutely, so there's a, we have a lot of projects coming. We have a sponsor, a veteran effort, where we're working with, um, not only are we working with different veteran organizations to, out of every one of my workshops, I'm holding free seats for these veterans. So at every one of my workshops has free veterans, uh, free workshops for veterans. But on top of that, any company or any person is able to donate a seat for an extra veteran to attend a, a workshop. And these veterans are already vetted. Uh, through these organizations, so it's not like they have to come to a workshop, show an ID card. And this is veterans and their families and their caregivers that are eligible for these workshops. Um, so that's, it's, the acronym is SAVE and it's sponsor a veteran effort. Uh, another project that I'm working on is the V-SPOT, and that's to raise um, awareness for women's health. And um, we're gonna be doing that in collaboration with um, I don't want to talk too much about the V-Spot because we still have, don't have everything together. It is in the works, but we have that coming to Hampton Roads. And I'm really, really excited about that, though, because it is going to be talking about women health topics that really need to be addressed, though. Where can the listeners connect with you and where can they follow your journey? Definitely on Instagram at Nez Life Studios, at my website, www.nezlifestudios.com. And on Facebook as well at Nez Life Studios. All things Nez. We'll link that up. Thank you so much, Nez, for coming on the show. Thank you. It was so nice. <laughs>